0: Today on Outflow, we're blessed again to be joined in the studio by our friend and fellow laborer, Philip Stepp, and we're going to be discussing part two of our discussion on the Bride of Christ. So now grab your Bible and everything you need to take notes. I'm Alan King, and this is Outflow. Outflow. Hello and welcome to Outflow. We are thrilled again today to have as our special guest in the studio my friend Philip Stepp. And Philip, we started talking last time about the Bride of Christ and we're just going to pick up where we left off. And we are so excited that you're with us today and, and looking forward to uh, what the Lord has given you to share as we're going to go deeper. I hope y'all ready to go deep cuz we're going deeper today. So uh glad you're here, my well, friend. Well, good.
1: We're going to go where a lot of people won't go. There you go. <laughs> okay. And uh, But uh, if you have questions uh, or comments, get in touch with the pastor, and he can get in touch with me if need be. Uh, we could spend hours, uh, again, laying the foundation. Last time, we laid a little bit of the foundation to get over some people's head- hesitancy about the bride of Christ. So today, I turn in your, in your Bibles to the book of Song of Solomon. And oh. uh, uh, I, I, I've been a student of God's Word for a long time, and I will make this statement. The Song of Solomon is about the most spiritual book, well, one of the most spiritual books in the Bible. Uh, sometimes uh, a lot of the dedicated followers of God have said it's, in essence, the holy of holies of Scripture. It's not, the easy, it's not easy to understand. It uses symbolism. And a lot of symbolism. But I want to make another statement. If you don't don't get into the the method of how to understand symbolic scriptures, you're going to not understand the tabernacle. Yeah. You know, when it talks about the the mercy seat and what's on around the mercy seat and all that, you're not going to – Hebrews is given to help us understand the symbolism in in, uh, the tabernacle. You're not you're not going to understand revelation yeah. you know you, you're going to have to say what what a what does this represent you know what is God saying he speaks through symbolism because sometimes we can understand better through that kind of a communication than we can just the words now i i'm a student of the word i like to look at the hebrew and greek but sometimes you just have to look at it and say well i know that's what it says is there a deeper meaning and i believe i'm a literalist i said that a few weeks ago i, I believe in the literal word of god we have to be careful not to symbolize what god is not symbolized take it literally but a lot of times there's symbolic language and we use it all the time i one of the concepts on my heart today is we make things harder than they should be. Yeah. Remember I said uh, uh, last time that uh, you don't look like a, of, a branch. Yeah. You know, God uses that kind of symbol, symbolism. We make it harder than than it should. Most of the time, the Bible explains itself, or once you begin to dig into it. Uh, the Bible teaches that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let, let every uh, word be confirmed. So when you start getting into symbolism, you can get real flaky yeah okay <laughs> and uh so what happens is when somebody's coming to me I, I love symbolism we all know that white means purity we all know you know lily lily of the valleys what What are we talking about here some of them are cl- clearer than others but when somebody comes to me with some flaky interpretation i say show me in
0: the word exactly
1: yeah. uh and uh so if if you you're interested in this i mean you know i you live close? I'd love to have a Bible study with you, or I, he can give you my phone number and you can call me. I love to have discussions about the symbolism, and it's just rich and deep yeah, in its symbolism.
0: Absolutely. And you know, Philip, before we get to this, one of the things that that um, that I've discovered is the Song of Solomon, probably next to Revelation, is probably. The second most avoided book mm. in
1: mm-hmm. the Bible.
0: <laughs> Amen. Maybe Leviticus, but uh, uh, a lot of people just ignore Song of Solomon because, like you said, the symbolism. And if you if you read it literally, it's it's a little risque at some oh, time. Oh yeah. Uh, but but if you understand the symbolism behind it, and so I, I'm excited we're going there because, I, I mean, I've I've read it. I, you know, but a few years ago, I decided to study it to, to, to really find out what it meant. So so I'm excited we're going there, and hopefully a lot of the folks that have avoided it through the years are going to uh, find a new appreciation for it through this. So,
1: Well, have you been to the grocery store lately? <laughs> you didn't buy everything on the shelf. Right. And so when you're reading the Bible, and especially the Song of Solomon or Revelation, take what's... You understand and put the rest of it back on the shelf and say, I'll get to it later. Yeah. In other words, there's so much richness in the books that you don't have to understand every jot and tittle. Right. And so sometimes you just have to say, I understand some of it. So today we're going to sort of look at an overview of the Song of Solomon. And I want to begin with a challenge. I want, I wish that each of us would read the Song of Solomon and, and do an experiment. What you do first is you begin to look at who's speaking. It's like a lover's duet. Yeah. You're a musician, it's like a duet between two lovers. Yeah. And so, and there's a background chorus which are the young maidens. So this could make a, you ought to do this. This would be a wonderful musical. And so the bridegroom is saying something, and the bride responds, or vice versa, and then the, the, the crowd uh, sings the chorus. It's really wonderful.
0: Why has nobody done that, I wonder?
1: I don't know. I was thinking the same thing. If I was
0: musical, I would do it. I can, sh- you know. I am musical, and I don't, I don't know why it's never been done. But the people that – a lot of the Christian filmmakers, you know, maybe we ought to float that idea. Oh, maybe I will do for it for a royalty. Maybe we'll we... do
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't mind being rich before the rapture. Go. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't. <laughs> hey, somebody's
0: going to be. Somebody's going some... <laughs> to be.
1: <laughs> so, so let's talk about about who wrote it. I think that it was written by Solomon, and there probably was a, a maiden that he was in love with. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, let's talk about Solomon for a minute. Uh, he. <laughs>
0: Oh, that, that righteous he, he, man. <laughs> he, he he
1: he had been given a great gift of wisdom by God. But guess what? He now hey, let's say some good things first. He wrote three thousand proverbs. He mm-hmm. wrote a th- over a thousand songs. Okay, mm-hmm. he had plenty of time because he was king. And, you know, yeah. uh, but guess what? He had seven hundred wives and three hundred concubines. <laughs> How, can you imagine 700 mother-in-laws? I mean, it's, it could be a little bit touch. You know, and so he's a, he's a contradiction to me because he wrote what I think one of the most spiritual books of the Bible, The Song of Solomon. Now, how much he knew, you know, he was under the inspiration of God, but he may not have fully understood it. But he wrote a lot of Proverbs, mm-hmm. uh, and he also wrote Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes is a, foolish, a foolishness of a backslidden preacher. Yeah, you know, don't read Ecclesiastes and take it as the gospel. You know, <laughs> it, it's it's real, and his feelings were real. But it tells you how uh, hollow. See, he was king; he could have seven hundred wives. He had everything he wanted. But uh, when you read Ecclesiastes, you see how hollow life, hollow life is without God. Yeah. And now he ends up there. He says at the end of the matter, trust God. Yeah. Okay. So, but he had. The benefit for our sake of him getting to experience everything his heart desired, and he said, Vanity is vanity, everything's vanity. Yeah. So <clears throat> you have to look at that. He, uh, the, the Song of Solomon is a song for the heart. Uh, and I, as I said last time, the whole book of the Bible is a love story, a divine romance, but Song of Solomon especially is. It begins with salvation. It's not a book on salvation. It's a book on to the ones who are saved who has a desire to allow the Christ to woo them into a bridal identity. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you start to read it that way and you you look at it and say, here's what the bride is saying. Wow, do I relate to that? Yeah when you go through there and you read it, just go through and, and first say is this the bride or is this the bridegroom speaking or is this the chorus in the background and then you read the bride and that's good and I identify to it and I say ouch and oh and I wish I didn't and I wish I hadn't done. She makes a lot of the same kind of mistakes that I've made over the last 50 years of serving the Lord you know and so I relate to the, the this uh, woman who's, who's trying but got a long ways to go i I think i'm in about the second chapter of song of solomon in my progress no no, but i I, you know my desire is to 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 be wooed into the bridal company and uh but my challenge to you is that when you read it this is going to be hard when you read it and it is you sense that it's the bridegroom talking to the bride claim it you go over there, and he says things like this. You have ravished my heart, my sister, my bride. We talked last time, getting our head around that with one glance of your eyes, you have ravished my heart.
0: And that's him talking to us. That's right. (laughs) Uh, It's not us saying, Lord, it's him saying. It's him saying. (laughs) It
1: it explodes us, doesn't it? Uh, The rich revelation that you find in here is going to be foolishness to anybody who doesn't have a heart to seek after God. And uh, I can personally say I've, I've probably studied this for 40 years, and I'm still the mind in it. Off and off, for, I, it's just blessed my heart. And every time I go back to it, uh, the, mind, the vein in the mind goes deeper, and the revelation lights up. It's a different kind of revelation than when you read uh, James or something. It's still revelation, but it's different. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a vocabulary of intimacy. Can I say that again? I like that. There is a vocabulary of intimacy. I know that Lynn and I have a, a, a vocabulary of silliness and sometimes intimacy, you know. But we make all these silly comments in life, even though it's a thousand times we say said it, you know. I guess you and Regina have a oh, yeah. vocabulary, and there's a vocabulary of in, intimacy. Th- this is a vocabulary of intimacy, and uh, it, it can be scary when you read, you say, I ravish your heart. Wow. So let, let's just start, uh, and I'll go down through here and and just sort of get you started. Maybe Song of Solomon chapter one, verse one, the Song of Songs. Well, what does that mean? Well, we know the Lord of Lords, we know the King of Kings, we know the Holy of Holies. That's just way in God's vocabulary and His terminology. It means the best. Mm-hmm. So it means it was the best of Solomon's thousand songs, but it also means it's the best song ever written. I think this whole Bible is the greatest love story ever written. Right. I think this song is the greatest love song. And we've got to do that with a duet. I, I can see it in my mind. I can <laughs> hear it in my mind. You know, uh, it, what revelation would flow through that? When when you read this and you say, oh, this is – now, I'm going to – There's different ways to look at it. I'm going to briefly look at uh, – uh, Help me, help me out with this. She's a musician. A crescendo. It's where the the volume or the progression rises mm-hmm. incrementally. Yeah. The Ray May you know. So the, uh, a dear friend of mine who's been with the Lord for a long time wrote this wrote a song on the song of Solomon. It was called a Divine Crescendo, and there, she identifies eight major notes like there's eight major notes in the scale and she's uh, interesting thing is the bride does a whole lot of talking early on <laughs> <laughs> and then as you progress in the Song of Solomon the bride uh, is is sort of saying amen <laughs> you know the, the bridegroom begins to talk as you get near the you know as you get into the middle of the Song of Solomon I, that's an interesting insight
0: oh, oh uh, it, it sparks <laughs> it sparks <so wild. laughs> So
1: the Song of Songs, which is Solomon's, and then this this shows people too. This is talking to the people who are saved. May he kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. He said, Oh, I no wonder it wasn't supposed to be in there. Let's tear it out. I don't yeah. like it. Oh yeah. Well, Psalm chapter two tells the kings of the earth to kiss the Savior, lest he be angry. Yeah. The 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 father of the prodigal kissed the pro, the prodigal. And now there is some parts of the scripture that I want to black out. I, I I had a great idea. I was going to sell a real black magic marker so you could just blot out what you didn't like, you know. <laughs> <clears throat> you, you don't see my black magic marker in my Bible. I right. use yellow and green and orange. But one of them is tough is ki- the, greet the brothers with a holy kiss. Yeah. <laughs> we have allowed, as an aside, we have allowed the enemy to so pervert our words and our vocabulary so that we're afraid to use them. Yeah. I, from the pulpit one day, I said, I'm a very passionate person. And afterwards, somebody came up and said, I don't like that about my pastor passionate is not sexual
0: right
1: i am a passionate person you're a passionate person yes. i'm passionate about the lord
0: we better be better be yeah
1: and so so the enemy has come and devalued and perverted our language uh one of them's intimacy mm-hmm. uh, intimacy is not sexual necessarily right. you can be intimate with uh, with people so the the kiss <laughs> is the kiss of reconciliation and uh, you can't kiss two people at one time, for instance. You could just go on and on. You know, you could have a whole teaching on the kisses. Yeah. But it says, I'm going to get on. For your love is better than wine. If you cannot testify that the love of Jesus is better than all the things of the world accumulated together, you're not on the right track. Yeah. You need to repent right now and say, I do believe that your word is worth more than everything else. But this, the, the bride says, man. I'm smitten, you know. I'll give up my whatever riches. Rebecca said, I'm leaving this richness I have. Rebecca said, your love is better than wine, didn't she? Oh, yeah. By faith. Right. And boy, was she blessed. Your oils have a pleasing fragrance. Your name is like purified oil. Therefore, the maidens love you. And I could picture the maze, We love you. We love you. You know, yeah. <laughs> in in this duet that we're talking about. But see, the oil. Uh, we know that the when we say Jesus Christ, uh, Christos means anointed one means oil. We know that the anointing destroys the yoke. There's a whole lot that we could talk about about the oil. We can talk about the fragrance. Uh, my prayer is that when people get around me, they. Get past all me with my mess and my fallacies and my you know stuttering and all the stuff that I may do. They get past that and they smell the fragrance of Jesus. Yeah. I want people to smell s- smell the fragrance of Jesus, and, and that's what this is about. Now, this is this is uh, the next two are really important, and then I may shift gears just a little bit. But draw me after you. Yeah. Oh. Draw me and I'll run after you. Draw me after you. And interesting, it is let us. Yeah. See, the bride is a very personal thing, but it's also a corporate thing. Mm-hmm. Draw me after you and let us. Run together. Let me and you run together, but let the bridehood company. There's enough room in the bridehood company for anybody that wants to be there. It's not a competition. Right. It's not. I'm part of the bride and you're not, or I'm a better bride. You can't get into that. That disqualifies you. Right. We're in. We're in this together. Yeah. They, and now the king has brought him, brought me into his chambers. That, that that's not. That's not the outer court guy. Yeah. That's. That's he's bringing us into the holy of holies. We yeah. go through the outer court with all the music and the noise, and I, I'm going back to the symbolism of the tabernacle. Then you go to the holy place, yeah. where the priest minister, and then you go into the holy of holies. God has opened the gate yeah. for us to go into holy holies. We will rejoice in you and be glad. We will extol your love more than wine. Rightly do they love you. See, I can I can say that these people that are radically in love with jesus and in faith attempting to be obedient lovers i can say rightly do they love you i've never known anybody i'm sure there's some i've never known anybody that has given jesus anywhere near what he deserves yeah now this is this is one of my favorites and then i might shift gears Verse 5, I'm black but lovely. O daughters of Jerusalem, like the kints of Keter, like the curtains of Solomon, do not stare at me because I'm swarthy, for the sun has burned me. My mother's sons were angry with me. They made me a caretaker of the vineyards, but I have not taken care of my own vineyard. Now, people say, what in the world? We had a lady, I hope you're listening to it, Karen, Uh, 15 (laughs) years ago came to our church, and she said, I started, I came, and Philip taught on the, uh, I'm black but lovely, and she said, "I'm a Baptist. He's he's a cult. I'm not coming back." <laughs> <laughs> Fifteen years later, she's one of the most faithful members we had, you know. And and but you know what? It's you have to say, Lord, show me. I can honestly say, I'm black but lovely. When I look at myself, I'm not ashamed to say that I'm not. God's not through with me yet. If you notice going back I I'm going back and forth going back to the, the tabernacle uh, the tabernacle was covered in badger skins or something the outside was not very attractive right but the glory of God was inside yeah and so these these tents that he's referring to were black and so don't look at don't look at me don't look at my righteousness yeah. God undertook a real challenge when he takes people like me and you and you and transforms us into mature sons and the bride of Christ Excuse me. bless you and then the, so the first note in the octave was may he kiss me with the kisses of his mouth it begins with reconciliation then you jump down to verse 2 the second octave again the bride's talking draw me Mm-hmm. I I think if you look back over your history, if you've been with the Lord for very long, you can look back over your history and you can sort of say, you know, the first few years I was saved, I was just radically in love with my Savior. And that's good. Yeah. But, but then all of a sudden you begin to say, I know there's more. Yeah. I, I didn't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I didn't believe in the gifts of the Spirit. I'd been taught that it wasn't for the day. And uh, all of a sudden what got me was that people said, you know, I knew there had to be more and there is. Yeah. And then I got baptized in the Holy Ghost and I thought I had it. I was <laughs> disgusting, I guess.
0: <laughs> so you went from saved, sanctified and satisfied to saved, sanctified, yeah. filled with the Holy Ghost and but then there are people that even again they go saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost and satisfied. That's right. So. <laughs> and, sa- and satisfied. That
1: satisfied really needs to be added there. And uh I've I've made uh now I'm I don't make him upset because we've already talked about this, but I've made Pentecostal-type people mad. They got irritated. I said, I'm a leaky vessel. I, 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 it, the 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 Greek in the, in the Ephesians is be continually being filled with the Holy Ghost, and the reason I have to be continually filled, part of it is I give a lot out. So sometimes when you give it out, you drain, you know, and you you know you need to get refilled. But I'm also just leaky. Yeah. You you give me long on my own, on, on, and I'm more expressing more Philip. I sort of like Philip most of the time. I express Philip more than I do <laughs> the God sometimes. So the the first was kiss me, and the second was draw me, and the third note in the octave is found in verse 7. Tell me, O you whom my soul loves, where do you pasture your flock? Where do you make it lie down at noon? Why should I be like one who veils herself beside the flocks of your companions? And then, and then, so the bride's been talking, and then in verse 8, just jump ahead for a second, it's the bridegroom. If you yourself do not know, most beautiful among women, go forth on the trail of the flock and pasture your young goats in the tents of the shepherds. Tell me, my darling, you are like my mare among the chariots of Pharaoh, whose chicks are lovely. So you can see that transition, but I, probably almost every one of us have prayed to God to take us where the shepherds are feeding the flock. Mm. I went, it was a glorious good time for me, but I spent about a year after I finally, finally retired, I'd had a quadruple bypass surgery and some other physical issues, and and I, I said I'll never quit preaching, but I'll, I've got to retire from pastoring. And people say, what's the difference? There's a world of difference. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm up to preaching and teaching, you know. But I, pastoring was a was a, a blessing, but it was a chore. Mm-hmm. And uh, so here all of a sudden I retire and move to Morganton. Tell me, oh, Lord, you understand. Yeah. Tell me where I can go where the pastor's fleeting, feeding the flock. You feed the flock, and and
0: I, I stayed, didn't I? Well, it, it and, and amazingly was with churches on every street corner. Oh, all over. The, it, there's a lot of lot of fast food joints. Yeah, I, and I'm, a lot of good people,
1: but they just yeah. they don't they, they don't get it. I have to go somewhere where I'm fed. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I'm yeah. fed in my quiet time. Right, but I have to. I want to go to church where the shepherd and are feeding the flock, and the flock wants to be fed. Yeah.
0: I, you know, Paul talked about that. Timothy said, he "said Is there going to be places where are you are going to? You know, it's to, the tendency is going to be find me somewhere to scratch my ears and make me like what you're saying." Um, and, you know, Jesus said, "You're going to follow me. You're going to eat my blood or drink my blood and eat my eat my bo- eat my flesh." Um, and like we talked about last time, there's people that said, "I don't want to hear that," I don't, uh. But but I'm I'm thankful again that there is that remnant that loves the word. That's that right. They love to to eat the manna of the and it's going to grow. Yeah,
1: we're going to have a good increase in those who get a little more heavenly minded. Yeah, it may be that the things of this earth gets a little more difficult mm-hmm. and listen you might as well give up the things of the earth there's a there's a movement to take everything good away from Christians anyway so you might as well give it to God Yeah, go ahead and give it to God because it's going to get taken away from you probably yeah. <laughs> that's, that's it and uh, uh I'm going to insert a editorial opinion and I want you to consider it uh, this is based off of years of chasing a lot of going down a lot of trails uh Be careful when the people speaking into your life, the people who you allow to speak into your life with spiritual authority, be careful when they're more like ear ticklers. If they don't talk about repentance, if they never mention sin, if they never mention the blood of the cross, and all they do is tell you that the world's going to get better and better, have your best life now, that is a lie. I'm glad this is, not, this is this is the worst life I'm ever going to have. My life's going to get really good when I go to the other side. My best life's on the other side. If you're trying to seek your best life now, don't follow Jesus. Yeah, it might be. It's in the in the medium term, it might be better. So anyway, uh, be careful who you allow to speak with spiritual authority in your life. Uh, so anyway, so off that tangent, let me go to the fifth fifth one. The fifth one is sustain me with raisin cakes. It's in, in chapter 2, verse 5. Refresh me with apples. So at some point in time, if you're like me, a lot of you aren't like me, thank goodness. We don't need a whole lot of people like me, uh, thank goodness. But if you're like me, and a lot of you may be like me in some ways, uh, I went after God pretty hard. You did. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't always with the greatest wisdom right?
0: Yeah.
1: but uh, know, about after three years or so seeing God move in great miracles and all excitement and stuff at somewhere three to four or five years I sort of hit the wall so then all of a sudden I look back and I say I got to the place where I said you got to sustain me Lord I'm going to have to eat your word for my nourishment. Mm -hmm. My energies, I thought I was okay. My energy is extremely limited. And if God did not come in and started interjecting his life into my life, I'd be laid up in the heap somewhere.
0: Does that speak to you? Absolutely. Yeah, and... I. That, that's that's part of the maturing process, I think, for all of us. You, you begin to learn that sometimes a a good brisk walk is uh, gets a lot more accomplished than a than a sprint. Amen. <laughs> and,
1: and then I've learned it's a marathon. Yeah,
0: absolutely. You know? yeah. and
1: uh, you have to take time to rest and stuff yeah. like that. So then uh, the next the next one is found in verse ten. My beloved responded and said to me. Now, this is the bride saying, my my beloved responded. God responds to our response. So he says something, we respond to him, and then he responds to our response. So the, uh, she he said to her, arise, my darling, my beautiful one, and come along. I I need to make this contrast i can absolutely agree with those teachers who say we need to see ourselves as god sees us absolutely positively truthful Mm -hmm. but that does not mean that we do not let the holy spirit convict us of our sins flaws and shortcomings right yeah so what what the process is he he calls us who he wants us to be and then he allows the holy spirit to work on us to to form that in us. So it's, it's I, I I see myself, I love to see myself as he's called me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I also realize that I, I can't go off in arrogance and pride and think that I got it together. I've had a tendency to think I had it together. That don't work well.
0: Mm-mm. And I don't know if you, I, I may be the only one that's ever felt this way, but when, uh, when you think about it, he called me because I probably wouldn't have. Oh, uh, you probably never struggled with that. but
1: <laughs> I, I didn't early on. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. early on I said, you did pretty good. You yeah. made a good choice. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then pretty soon I said, I don't understand why in the world you call me.
0: Yeah. You know, yeah. And that's a step of maturity. And you start thinking, you know, I'm going to be somebody. Yeah. And now it's, well, I could have been somebody. Yeah. <laughs> what price would it have been? Oh,
1: the price yeah. would have been yeah. uh, too high. Yeah. So then I'm just read a little bit more. For the, behold, the winter has passed and the rain is over and gone. The winters in our seasons are necessary. A lot of good stuff goes on agriculturally in the winters. And so the, the, the flowers have already appeared in the land. Spring's coming. Mm-hmm. And the time has arrived for pruning the vine. And the voice of the turtle dove, wow, that's good, has been heard in our land. The fig tree has ripened its figs and the vines and blossoms have given forth her fragrance. Arise, my darling. See, he repeats that. Arise, my darling, my beautiful one, and come along. God's calling us to arise. Mm-hmm. There's a lot in that. Yeah. I'm not called to live my best life now. I'm called to to adopt a heavenly perspective it enables me to see how I'm supposed to live the affairs of today. As I as I allow consistently, but sporadically, if I as I allow the Holy Spirit to give me a heavenly perspective, I become a better husband. I don't I I don't I don't go to a seminar that says how can you be a better husband. Maybe I should have Lynn would have been better off if I had learned it 25 <laughs> years ago, but arise we've been seated in heavenly places with him yes. now i want you to look at verse four now now this one is hard when i'm when i'm talking to a preacher because i know he's getting sermon illustrations out of this <laughs> oh my dove in the cliffs of the rock in the secret place of the steep pathway whew, you can, you can see a lot there in the oh, cleft yeah. of the rock. Yeah. Hiding in the cleft of the rock, Moses said, you yeah. know, in the path of the steep. Um, to be a radical follower of Jesus, you have to know that you're going against the flow. Yeah. The flow is going in the wrong direction. Yeah. You, you, go up, you go upstream. You go up the, the, the stairway. Yeah. Now, here, here's the next one verse 14 and again it's uh, the bridegroom speaking let me see your form let me hear your voice I may be wrong and I may be wrong I'm, I'm in the back of my mind I'm doing a little umbrella over my current teaching every, every Sunday morning by the way, I teach on Sunday morning downstairs at 9.30. Come if you can. We're having a good time. It's a discussion. I don't lecture. And uh, I lecture a little bit, but in, in between between's the discussion. But I, I said, God's been dealing with me about most people in the pew on Sunday morning believe in repentance. Yeah. They just don't practice it. Wow. So many people in the pew are so satisfied – that's the word you've been using. I like that word. I'm going to start using it – are so satisfied that they don't see where they need to repent. Right. Uh, in the same way, I really believe that most people in the pew say prayer needs to be a priority, but I don't think it is. Right. And I'm not saying that I hope, I hope I don't come across with pride or arrogance. It's, it takes real effort for me to make prayer a priority.
0: We we have a we have a church world that is absolutely ruled by uh, catchphrases, yes. cliches, um, and good ideas, but but to follow through and to practice it, and and we see that I don't think there's anywhere that we see that more than in the lack of prayer in the church, the lack of repentance in the church. Um, I, I think it is the height of arrogance. And this boy, this is going. to rubbed the wrong way with a lot of my a lot of my old buddies that I you know, <laughs> I'm not going to say fellow pastors but um i but I honestly believe it's the height of arrogance to claim that I never need to repent um, I grew up in a movement that that taught that that you never you never had to that, that, that Christians should live so holy that they never have to repent. I never got there. I never could do that, and I lived in frustration oh, yeah. until I learned he's okay with me coming to him as a pastor and saying, I confess I have sinned mm-hmm. I, now I don't do it every day, I don't do it on purpose i don't I don't commit willful transgressions where I'd start out my day going, Today I'm going to sin.' Well,
1: let me ask you: Is it sinful when I want to slap Brent?
0: (laughs) Well, it depends. (laughs) It
1: could be. It It all depends, Brent. (laughs) I hope you're watching this, but I'm making a point. You know, uh, and I love Brent. I would never. He's bigger than me anyway. But but the fact is that when you when somebody crosses you, you. you have to deal with that, and right. sometimes my reaction is of the flesh, and yeah. it's okay for me to say, Lord, I'm sorry I got in the flesh. Yeah. You know, I mean,
0: it's not that our concept
1: a- of sin is too too low, yeah. you know. I had a good friend uh, in Marion, have a good friend, and I uh, he he said, I got up one morning, and he said, I am not going to break the Ten Commandments. I'm not going to break it in thought. I'm not going to break it in, in actions. I'm not going to... not going to lust i'm not going to do this and he said he worked all day and got home and he'd done pretty good he said i I went through my day and i had not broken a single of the 10 and he said i was going to bed that night and he said i'm so glad that i didn't break any of the commandments and then all of a sudden the lord said you broke the greatest one one of the greatest ones you got caught up in pride
0: yeah
1: he said so by keeping the commandments I. I broke uh, the commandment of you know that was what caused Lucifer fall, yeah. and he said, "I repent." Yeah, I, I think that's a pretty good little story. Oh yeah, the greatest commandment is to love, but 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 pride is a big sin.
0: I got a little note on my on my desk and, uh, in my office, and it, I just wrote it and put it there just to remind me. It just kind of came to me a few a few months ago. It said, "Religion's next door neighbor is pride." Oh. That's good and that's good it,
1: it. Lynn, write that down if you're listening to that <laughs> <laughs> religion's yeah. next door neighbor is pride yeah that's that that we need that yeah. well then now there's a i'm gonna i am on the the notes of this crescendo, but in the interest of time and getting this getting through here I'm trying to give an idea about how to study the Song of Solomon get your socks blessed. You know, when you read and see what he's saying about you. Mm -hmm. Knowing that that he's he's his goal is to make you into what he saw you when he created you before the foundation of the world. And so now there's three little sections here where the pride speaks. Uh in chapter two verse sixteen is the first one. And I'm gonna go and read all three of them and I want you to see the progression. She says, my beloved is mine, and I'm his. Now, that's a claim that I, as a believer, have on my Savior. Mm -hmm. In other words, and all of us, we go through that. Jesus is my Savior. Yes. Jesus is my Savior. My claim is on him. Mm -hmm. He's my Savior. Now then, uh, uh, let's let's pop over to, uh, I'll find it here in just a second. Uh, chapter six verse three. In chapter six, verse three, the bride sort of matured a little bit. She said, I'm my beloved's. Mm-hmm. And my beloved is mine. There's still the claim, mm-hmm. but the priority has changed. The emphasis has shifted to I'm his rather bad. than he's mine. Yeah. And then over in verse chapter seven, verse ten. I think it's another progression upwards where she says, I'm my beloved. I'm my beloved's and his desire is for me. The absorption of every desire has now turned into not my, my, me, me, but into him.
0: You see the progression? Oh, yeah. And again, I keep referring back to this, his desire is for me. Mm -hmm. Not just my desire is for him. His desire is for me. The, yeah. we're, that we're seeing something about the love of God that just I I, I can't grasp it I can't comprehend I, I do understand I do know but it's like oh, same way with my wife what does she see in me mm-hmm. she knows me so good and she still loves me she's still there every morning I don't know if I'd hang around with me that much <laughs> <laughs> but he does
1: and yeah, it's just it's amazing
0: yeah.
1: we can say it but as we begin to grasp it and he's proven himself he didn't have to dying for me on the cross was enough but he proves himself on, over and over and over in my life and shows me how much he loves me yeah. and uh, uh, you can't teach there's some things it's, it's dangerous to teach and people have made a lot of money teaching it I don't think I ever fell into that, that trap. That might have been one trap I didn't fall in. I've fallen in a lot of traps. But serve God and you'll prosper. It's absolutely true. Yeah. It's just how you define prospering. <laughs> Definition of words are important. Oh, yeah. And, and so uh, the reason it's hard to say it, I can honestly tell you that, when you, that disobedience causes bad things. Obedience causes good things, causes blessings. If you live a life of obedience, and one of them is to surrender your life to Him, He will reward that, mm-hmm. and with with such a sense of such a sense of peace and joy and all that that it's you can't imagine it until you've experienced it, yeah. and so. Paul said, All those things that I cannot count as something I can now count as dung yeah. yeah. There's some things that I used to put a high value on, I don't put such high value on.
0: Amen. Amen. And and that doesn't just include secular life and yeah. and business life. It, that that's been my experience. Um in my walk with the Lord over the last I, and I'm telling you the, the last few years, um, after 40 some years in ministry, the last five years have, have brought me to the point that some things just don't matter anymore. Yeah, I made the statement, you know, I've, I've said it a couple, a couple times in service, you know, I could have been somebody. <laughs> um, I wanted to be the, the golden boy, you know, um, uh, it doesn't matter. I, it just doesn't matter. I, I want Him. Amen. I want Him. Minister a, a full church doesn't matter if His presence isn't there, and I'm I'm learning that.
1: Well, I don't know how. I know it was damaging. I'm not. I, as even as I think back, I can't quite see. I probably have an underestimation of the damage it caused, but. I came to the realization a few years ago that I tended to put the church above the people.
0: Wow! Yeah.
1: To defend the the organization.
0: Yeah.
1: That hurts to say it. Uh,
0: yeah. But I, I absolutely know what you're talking about. I understand.
1: So, so another, another uh, step up in the octave is found in chapter 4, verse 8. <laughs> you have come with me my, from Lebanon, 4, 8. Come with me from Lebanon, my bride. May you come with me from Lebanon, journey down from the summit of Amaya, from the Hermit of Sanir and Hermon, from the dens of lions, from the mountains of leopards. Uh, that, that, that would, that would, we could talk about some of that. It's interesting. But then look at verse 9. You, read it out of, read out of the New King James.
0: I, I love this. this is one of my favorite verses oh, out of all yeah. the Song of Solomon. You have ravished my heart, my sister, my spouse. You have ravished my heart with one look of your eyes. With one link of your necklace, and again, that's him talking that, to us. That's right.
1: <laughs> now, guess what? It becomes more and more us talking to him, right? Too. Right. Oh, as yeah. we come into unity with him, and our heart becomes in unity with him, uh, sometimes it's hard to tell the difference. There's a uh, there, there's a chorus over in the next few chapters. We won't turn there, but I love it. The chorus said. Who's that coming through the wilderness? Is it one or is it two? Well, guess what? She's leaning on her bridegroom. There comes a point when people can't tell whether it's one or two. Yeah.
0: Oh sure.
1: Lord, may we get there?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Can you hear the chorus back there singing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think we're I think we're collaborating on a yeah. on a musical here.
0: Find that producer and that, uh, <laughs> that film crew.
1: And then this is just something worth, th- worth reading in 12, in chapter 4, verse 12, a garden locked is my sister my bride, a rock garden locked, a spring sealed up. And then in chapter 5, verse 3, I've taken off my dress. How can I put it on again? I've washed my feet. How can I dirty them again? In this instance, uh, the bridegroom comes and knocks on the door and said his hands drip with myrrh, which is suffering. That I may know Him, the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of His suffering. Yeah. And he's mud dripping off his hands, and he's saying, "Come out here, we got work to do in the villages." And she said, "How can I put my dress on? I've taken my dress off." Yeah. And then, after a delay, she decides to go, and she opens the door, and he's not there. He's not
0: there. Yeah,
1: that's speaking to somebody right now. The Lord's been calling you out into the aisle number 12 in Walmart. Yeah. And you said, how can I go there? I've taken off my dress. Yeah. You see, it, it, the whole progression here just amazes me. And then, uh, uh, let's see, just maybe one or two more here.
0: We could, we could almost spend a whole day just talking about Chapter 5. Oh. That's one there. Oh. Oh, I know it. That's that. See, there's so much
1: there. Yeah. But you got to dig. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Come away. Number six, number seven. Hold on one second. I'll get it. Yeah. Uh, five, two. Again, we're back in. F- open to me, my sister, and my darling my dove my perfect one five two. for my head is drenched with the dew my locks with the damps of the night so that's the next that's where the bridegroom is saying come he said come to me now he says open to me mm-hmm. open to the fellowship of my suffering you know and, and uh, that's not a bad thing yeah.
0: Yeah. and the last one
1: is found in chapter 8 verse 6 Put me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm. That's a double seal. Put me like a seal over your heart, like a seal. And I think that sometimes it's hard to tell exactly who's, who's speaking. I think that's the bridegroom. It's sometimes not always clear. They get to be one. Mm-hmm. For love is among as strong as death. Jealousy is severe as sheol. The flashes are flashes of fire, the very flame of the Lord. Many waters cannot quench love, nor will rivers overflow it. If a man were to give all the riches of his house for love, it would be utterly despised.
0: I I, I love the the restoration. And again, I we. I mean, I know we can't go. I would I would love to have a time when we could just go again back to chapter 5 but because if you study that you see what what a what a restoration that is mm. for her for mm. for that conversation to be going on after for all intents and purposes in chapter 5 she has rejected him. Mm-hmm. She said I'm I've already gone to bed. I don't know why you're bothering me now but I'm comfortable. I paid my dues. I paid my dues. I'm comfortable. Basically, leave me alone. Leave me alone. Let me tithe. But now. I'll even come to church. Yeah. But now we've come back around to where the conversation is there is nothing like my love. There is nothing like my beloved. Nothing like the love that we have for one another. It's, it's powerful that, that you can see the restoration there that's taking place. And I, I love that part of it.
1: That's it's wonderful. Yeah. Well guess what? You don't hear me say this ever. I'm done.
0: Are you done I'm done.
1: That's an unusual thing for me. I, I'm not done. I'm just closed for the for the hour there here. So go. I turned it over to you, brother.
0: Well, Phil, one thing I would love to do, um because I feel like that that I I want people to have a revelation of this in their heart of how much how much the father longs for us the bridegroom Mm -hmm. longs for us um and and i guess my heart right now is for for church members and when i say church members i mean people who are supposed to be followers of christ who call themselves followers of christ who for whatever reason have gotten have become lukewarm in their love for him um and can can we just pray that, oh, yeah. that God will set a fire in their heart? Oh, maybe through something they've heard today, that would just set a fire on them. And because that's a, I believe this is where the Lord is wanting to bring the church, we've got to get here. We've got to have a restoration of the fire for the love of God. Not you know, we we think fire, you know we're we're Pentecostal, charismatic, whatever you want to label us as. And when we say fire, immediately we think of you know more manifestation of the gifts of the spirit or whatever. But when I say a restoration of fire, I want the fire and the passion for God to return to the church. Because I think that'll take care of all these other things. Mm-hmm. We've got to have a fire. We gotta we gotta we gotta get up out of the bed. We've got to get out of our comfort and and pursue him. Or, or better yet, even, even better than us pursuing him, let him pursue Amen. us. Amen. And that's that's the majority of the church world isn't doing that. It's not that they're not pursuing it; they're not letting him pursue us. So, can we pray? Oh yeah, that the Lord will send a revival of fire for His passion, the passion of His presence. Um, can Can you? Yeah, yeah I'll be glad in? to.
1: Lord, our faith and our walk is based on revelation. We can't figure it out, we can't invent it, but we can receive your revelation. So we ask for the revelation of your love. We ask for the revelation of, of the as much as we can stand, how much you love us yes. help us to understand lord that this process is a glorious thing and it's well worth it we put a high value on you we put a high value on the that you paid for us it was infinite it is infinite so we place a high value on your sacrifice and lord you tell us to offer ourselves up as a living sacrifice fully acceptable to you so lord doesn't matter what happened last night or last week. We ask you to forgive us of our sins. We come. We we ask that the blood would cleanse us from all sin and all unrighteousness. And in addition to that, Lord, we know that the Holy Spirit comes, and the Holy Spirit baptizes with, with, uh, with fire. Jesus actually fire baptizes with fire. And myself, like my brother, often thought that was people falling under the power and being healed and that's part of it we love it that's part of our life but we're praying for something a lot better a lot 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 better yes and that is that we'd have a, the that you would ignite the the fire of our passion for you and that the cry of our heart will be we want to know you we want to know you light the fire yes Lord. of our passion Light it, Lord. We offer ourselves up as a living sacrifice. Send the fire. Make the sacrifice acceptable with your fire. Lord, if when that happens, not if, but we've asked, our hearts are open. Uh, let us not have a lot of expectations about what that means, but let us start spending time in your presence so that the fires will be stoked. And Lord, if, if we do this, it doesn't matter what tomorrow brings. Let us let us not worry so much about what the current prophetic fad is or what the current teachings are. Lord, let us get, draw close to you. Let us go into the Holy of Holies and, and do your work in us. And I thank you for this in the name of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Yes, Lord.
0: Amen. Philip, thanks for spending time with us. And thank uh, you for letting me. Uh, we, I, I, love this, and and um, I, I just, uh, you've you've opened my eyes to some things, and and I've read it, but I've I've seen some things today. It's, it's been wonderful, and I, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to be with us. And I want to thank you uh, for joining us for Outflow. If you've enjoyed our time together, please let us know. Uh, before we go, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform that you're using to watch or listen. And uh, please help us spread the word by telling your family and your friends uh, to to tune in to Outflow. Uh, we're on most of the major podcast platforms. Remember, if you have a question or a particular topic that you'd like for us to discuss, to, discuss, to talk about, uh, feel free to send that to us. And you can do that by email. Very simple. Just send it to outflow at outflow.online. Again, that email address is outflow at outflow.online. I'm Pastor Alan King with today's special guest, Philip Stepp, coming to you from the studios of River of Life Church in Valdes, North Carolina. Thank you so much for making Outflow a part of your day. Now get out there and be blessed, and while you're at it, be a blessing.